everybody to Paul Hederman's take on the 12 steps. This is not an AA meeting. It is being recorded. Um, I'm going to start off with just a, a quick reading and then turn it over to Mr. Hederman. Sure. Uh, the reading um, is on page 64. And it's the last uh, the last paragraph, uh, starting with uh, resentment. So it's, it reads, resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stem all forms of spiritual disease, for we have been not only mentally and physically ill, we have been spiritually sick. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. In dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. We listed people, institutions, or principles with whom we were angry. We asked ourselves why we were angry. In most cases, it was found that our self-esteem our pocketbooks, our ambitions, our personal relationships, including sex, were hurt or threatened. So we were sore, we were burned up. That's it, Paul. Thanks, Gary. Well, nice to see everybody. <clears throat> I don't wanna fool around with the computer, but it tends to go less bright. <laughs> so I can see everyone vaguely. Uh, yeah, this is I don't believe uh, obviously is this an opinion. I don't believe there's a spiritual malady. I believe it's a mental malady, and uh, the spirit is just fine. I don't think the spirit's touched by any other conditions but can be very influential in every other condition. And I feel really the pivotal point of recovery is losing interest in self, which would be a mental state diminishing. And then something that was unsuspected becomes suspected, and let's call it the spiritual condition, yes? So it's very difficult uh, if the mental condition is super amplified, you're probably going to look for a spiritual condition framed as a mental condition. And uh, I don't think that goes well. Yeah, so you may look the part or have loving gazes or speak slowly, uh, but that's, that's not capturing the spirit's condition as a body, I don't feel. So the spiritual malady, I believe, is really a mental malady. And uh, when the mental malady, and the mental malady truly isn't addressed, it's we do certain things that diminish the mental condition. We don't go at the mental condition basically directly. We see, we admit the truth about the mental condition, this extreme obsession with self and all that. And in doing that, it opens up to do the process of AA which never goes directly at the cause because uh, 
I feel there's a recognition in it that it would be the cause of the problem trying to get to the cause of the problem. So they basically just describe the cause of the problem and then we do stuff and that stuff produces a loss of interest in the cause of the problem, which is extreme self-centeredness. And then an unsuspected inner resource becomes suspected and actually becomes relied upon. Yeah. And so I feel it's in the diminishing, it's not diminishing the mental state. It's taking, a, it's allowing interest and attention to move somewhere else. Yeah. Because most of us, knowing it or not, are living, a, are really listening to a narrative of living a life from a mental sp perspective. Yes. So the mental state is interpreting our life for us. And we're trying and we're living accordingly, so to speak, without knowing this unsuspected inner resource, which is our real condition, which is not of the body and of the mental. It's let's say of the spirit. So I don't think there needs to be an increased interest in the spirit. There needs to be a loss of interest in the mental. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I feel uh, this is what AA does. And so resentment, which is beautiful when he says that, because it doesn't say our resentments. It says resentment is the number one offender. How does a resentment become the number one offender when you keep calling it yours, really? <laughs> your resentment can ruin your life, basically. I don't think the resentment has the ability to ruin a life. I don't. I believe if we take it to be ours, the power that we represent can ruin our lives. I do, yeah? And I believe we are such an unsuspected inner resource that needs to be managed a lot better than the mental state can do. And so we surrender the reins of this unsuspected natural resource over to the care of the higher power. And we live this certain way of life, this design for living the best we can and we start losing interest in self and we start traveling lighter through what we used to travel quite heavy through. Well, we never used to travel through much anyway. We would just try to avoid it all. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't travel through. We'd be, you know, kicking and screaming. We don't really go with it. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going with the flow. We're usually swimming against the flow. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not... To me, it's just like I don't believe alcoholism is cunning, baffling, and powerful. Alcohol. I believe alcoholism is. And alcoholism is only cunning, baffling, and powerful because we are. Yeah, we have a lot of power. And when alcoholism takes over, it seems to have a lot of power. Yeah. <laughs> but we are the resource that all this stuff uses, really. Yeah. That which can make a mountain out of Mill Hill can also uh, have a sense of ease and comfort right now. That same power. It just matters what's wielding it and what's directing it. And we've lived under the tyranny of poor direction. Yeah, we have. We have lived with knowledge of the problem, but as the problem. So therefore it self can't get out of self and it just gets more confusing and more screwed up and shit like that and uh in that tunnel of the ass of self there's no light at the end of that tunnel you just you're just parked in a dark 
danky little space. There's no light there. <laughs> it's coming out of it, you'll see the light. Going in it, you don't. There's nothing there. So, uh, yeah, so Disa, I don't care. I don't want to, I don't have a crusade to change the statement spiritual malady. I just feel like give it a different meaning. Yeah. They were just attempting to sort of somehow give us a comparison where we could look at the head from other points of view. Yeah. Because obviously, knowing it or not, people who started to go into recovery soon found out uh, the great statement of self can't get out of self because they were probably trying to do exactly that. <laughs> and then they realized, whoops, that's actually really the one of the deeper aspects of the problem is the act of being identified as it and trying to get out of it as it, yeah? Which obviously hasn't worked. And it doesn't work and it probably won't work. So self can't get out of self. To me, if you see it one way, it sucks. If you see it from another way, it's like a hallelujah, yeah? Because you can put it all down <laughs> because you're not, you know, you're digging yourself out of the hole is digging the hole deeper, yeah? <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's, it says it, they say it all over if you want to call it a large swath of knowledge, spirituality, they say it all over the place. Buddhism, they all say the same in similar ways. Uh, yeah. So resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stem all forms of spiritual disease. I just say mental agitation. For we have been not only mentally and physically ill, we have been spiritually sick. No, I, I just don't see it. When the spiritual malady is overcome, and so when the mental malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. And what happens is uh, that aspect always there becomes, starts to become more and more obvious. Yeah. And now instead of having a memory trying to light your path of what to do, you're actually seeing life. Yeah. <laughs> You see it in the light of spirit. You're not trying to live from by memory. Well, I did this and it seemed to work. I'm going to keep doing this. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're blind in a way. Yeah. We're being blind. So we in a position of needing direction and the mental state fills that vacuum and gives us direction. Yeah. It's like a failed GPS, uh, which is never going to admit that it's a failed GPS. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's why we come here. And, and this isn't about a new take on the steps. It's a new take. It's just a take on the exact nature of the wrong. Yeah. The steps are sound as hell to me. Yeah, they're an incredible way because if you move to, to the problem directly, that's part of the problem, really. You do it in another way. So you get to C, not through A and B. You go to K and F, let's say, and then you get to C. So they put a way of life that produces an effect that your logic can't see how it does that. But you, you enjoy and observe the effect 
and you come to believe. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful in a way. You know how things go when you set out to change something? It usually has a lot of unintended consequences. This is like you just do certain acts, things and you get into those habits and then things change, yeah? You're not at the helm of the changing of things. You're the observing of the change. You're an expression of the change, but it's clear that you're not the cause of the change, yeah? Something is causing a change in you. And it's very clear. You wanna call it God, whatever, it doesn't matter. But to see that matters, that something is doing for you what you can't do for yourself, to me, is incredible. Uh, that's an incredible doorway to walk through. It relieves you of so much heaviness and weight, really. And it's not just a random, uh, you know, only happens every thousand years phenomena. It's a principle, yeah, to admit your defeat is the beginning of success. Yeah. So you admit you're powerless and then you don't feel or experience powerlessness anymore. You feel and experience power. It just seems like your mental logic, it doesn't make sense. That's the beauty of it because your mental logic is insane. It is. If, if the message made sense to it, it would be part of the problem. Don't you think? Yeah. If the message was coded just like the problem was, if you saw the bare skeleton of both, they would be the same thing. The problem having a problem, yeah? But this coding is different. That's sort of like when a dog is trying to understand and it turns its head a certain way. It's sort of like that. You start picking up on a different kind of logic. Like you have it by giving it away and all these things, yeah? It's like a new way of sort of rolling here, yeah? And it, it's contrary to the old way. It's not like I just, I just taught the old way five new dance steps. No, you bypass the old way and now you have a new freedom and a new happiness and a new attitude and a new outlook, not a reverb, refurnished or rehabilitated uh, attitude and outlook. You have a new one, yeah? And then you find out you can face life success successfully. It's great. And all those things, you'll feel the conscious presence, power flowing in, you'll be reborn. Yeah. So, so this, our idea here is just to, to bring an, an understanding to the exact nature of the wrong that may lend itself to you uh, going through the steps and the principles in this design for living. Yeah. And I feel like you'll be able to extract a lot more that's available if you have a clearer understanding of what's causing the obstruction, so to speak. Yeah, I do. Because why? Because that's how it happened with me. Yeah. It's that simple. I saw something as foreign to me, the possibility I could be free from it became really actively available. And so it has become, yeah? The problem does not exist as, as me today. I may have a lot of problems, but that problem does not exist as me. Yeah, that's clear. 
<laughs> now, I'm not going to go and argue this in a court of law, yeah? Because the law is rigid and arthritic and it believes you're the one who did everything that ever came through you, yeah? But while I'm living in Rome, I'm going to act like a Roman, but I know I'm not a Roman. <laughs> it's just that simple, yeah? <laughs> I don't care how many Romans tell me I'm a Roman. I have a strong suspicion I'm not a Roman right now. <laughs> that has served this, this life well. So just passing it on and then not only passing on, we'll show up and support the entertaining of this idea. Yeah, if you want. Yeah, if you don't, far out. I hope you travel lighter. So, you know, if it's doing, I could, you know, whatever can bring about the result, I'm all for. Yeah. But I, you have to have a certain a certain set of warnings that whatever you do, something's going to claim it and make you the doer of it all. And that is a form of bondage of self, knowing it or not. That is a form of bondage of self. The mental activity is going to claim whatever happens to you. And it's going to write a story that you had a lot to do with whatever happened to you. And you're going to be made out of it. You're going to be made a noun by claiming all these verbs of living. Yeah. And that noun can get rigid and arthritic and fucking stubborn. <laughs> and the sap in that tree dries up. It still has the form, but it's not a living tree anymore. Yeah. Tell the truth. Yeah. Tell the truth about what your condition seems to be and see what flows in. Yeah. Have you been successful in changing your condition? Yes. Was it the condition you wanted to change into? No. Yeah. Yeah. You have the ability to change how you feel, but does all that ability and all that change lead into any directed growth? Probably not. Yeah. So turning one's will and life over to the care of something that can direct the change in your life and use it as a way of growth into a new condition. I don't think many of us are equipped with that. I don't. I don't think we're managerial quality in most cases. Maybe you think you can pull it off. Great. Try. See what happens. I'm sure it's going to teach you sooner or later that it's failed. Yeah. I would hope soon it gets emphasized and later. Yeah. So you don't have to cause so much trouble in yourselves and others. Yeah. If you can't do no harm, do less harm. <laughs> That's what I'm shooting for. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you so much for uh, this opportunity to spend time with people and, and share this space and, uh these ideas yeah thank you all right Kerry. all right paul yeah i think um i think the dalai lama one time was given a speech right and um he just walks on the stage he walks on the stage and says don't hurt people and then he walked off and people are just sitting there 
And then he walks back out and says, yeah, if, no, he said, no, help. What did I say? No, I already messed it up, Paul. He says, he said, help people and then walked off. Then he came back and said, if you can't help them, yeah, don't hurt them. Yeah. Anyway, any, yeah, yeah. People have realized that they've got to lower the goals of the targets. <laughs> oh, man. Man. We're not like, no. uh, yeah, we got to sort of, hey, yeah. I have, I have low ex, I, yeah, I don't even want to talk right now, but I want someone else to, somebody, anybody wants to comment or ask a question, please feel free. Uh, looks like Warren, come on in, Warren. Can I say one thing first, Warren? Please. A lot of times in the book, it says resentment. A lot of times when we're talking about it, it's, it's my resentment. You don't see that? Yeah. My resentment is much different than resentment. Much, much different, I feel. All right, Warren, nice to see you. You too, Paul. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you for being so steadfast over the years. Um, I was wanted to kind of ask something about what you were saying there. It seems like working the steps, I always end up going back to one. And there seems like there's something dirty there, like the presupposing is, is there. It's like... Uh, I don't know how to explain myself. Um, there's the I am, which we all are. And then there's the presupposing I am Warren. And that's when it gets all dirtied up. And if I go, it seems like it's mechanical, like you say, uh, like, a, like a programming that it comes in and claims and I don't know if you can just riff on that a little bit. Like uh, it's claiming the I am as it, and it's not. It's it's yeah. the dreaming. Well, let's the I just, am is illuminating the dream, correct? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, it's the light of the of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. let me just jump in there for people that may not be familiar with the term I am. I am is is a, a description of the existence. Yeah that which is existing, they give it a title or a name just as a way of pointing. It's not a clear <clears throat> description, which is I am. So we're all on, yeah, without us re remembering who turned us on. <laughs> yeah, we're all on. And that I am uh, is, the, and then there's a sense or, or, or a consciousness and we're conscious of that I am. And what the head has done, it's used that constant reminder of I am to imply it's Paul that's being constantly reminded of. So it's I am Paul. So the I am is the existence. And then Paul becomes an interpretation of that existence called I am Paul. Yeah. And then the mental state develops that story of Paul on and on and on. And it leads to an addiction, truly. The mental state uh, 
falls into an addiction with this ideation called Paul. Yet when what's allowing you to feel like you are Paul is the I am, it's the existence, yeah? And the existence has no name, it just is, yeah? The mental state uses that to fill up the name called Paul with some sense or a feeling, which verifies that we are Paul. So the I am, that feeling of existence is being used to verify that Paul is what's existing. Yeah. Yeah. But this is like, uh, in AA, you just need to see uh, that maybe there was or is a Paul, whatever, but really what's being referred to all day and remembered is an image, a mental image of Paul. Yes. And uh, that mental image of Paul uh, definitely does not know how to swim with the flow. <laughs> it's more like a log floating around on it. So, uh, and it disguises, uh, it's the system disguises its failure and blames it on Paul. <laughs> so Paul, 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 Paul or Jim, 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 or Warren, Warren, Warren. And there becomes an extreme obsession over this idea and it's gone off the rails, yeah? And one of the ways it looks like when it goes after, off the rails is alcoholism and addiction, yes? So it's a, an extreme version of obsession with self leads us to a whole realm of, of, addiction, of addictions, which is really self trying to get out of self. So through drugs, food, sex, money, whatever. And uh, obviously they all fail because they, they're rooted. The problem is looking for those things as a solution, not from the problem, but for the problem. Yeah. So Paul wants to get relief, but really the real relief is from Paul. Yeah. Yeah. And many of us have tried to get Paul relieved and have it stabilized and it hasn't worked because the real relief is from Paul. It's not for Paul or as Paul, it's, yeah. That's what happens in AA. You lose interest in Paul and you gain interest in life and you see what you can contribute to life instead of what you can take for Paul. And your whole attitude and outlook can change because the premise has changed. You're not starting from Paul anymore or maybe you still are, but it's been quite weakened and you're that unsuspected I am is now having more of an influence. Yeah. We call it the higher power. Some people would call it the Holy spirit, but it's taking what the head used to take and make a lot of shit out of it's now taking that same stuff and making different stuff out of it. Yeah. So now you're looking, you look at people with some empathy instead of some derision and judgment. Yeah. So things start changing. And I think we're the better for it. And then other people are usually the better for it. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about losing Paul. You never have been Paul. Yeah. You're going to appear to be one, Paul. And don't worry about it. It ain't going anywhere. The head's going to keep looking at life as Paul. Yeah. But you can see, you can, instead of looking from Paul, you could sort of see through Paul. And maybe uh, 
not see only the way Paul sees, but to see in a larger way, yeah? Instead of looking from Paul, seeing through Paul, and much more, uh, let's say, panoramic, not myopic, can occur. Yeah. You would, you would not believe how the interpretation changes instead of looking at a scene and only seeing you, if you could see like the space and the sky and everything, you would travel a lot late, lighter. <laughs> and if it's all, everything's weighing on Paul and everything is so important, that obsession with that, when that loosens up, you travel lighter just naturally. Yeah, you do. It just, <laughs> that added space goes a long way to, to, to uh, counteract that self that self-centered claustrophobia, you know, that being the marathon runner in the closet, it gets really fucking tight in there. When that opens up, uh, and maybe you'll learn a lot about Paul, and maybe you'll see more and more you're not that, and then the Paul's dominance on your view will become lesser, and you'll see a whole lot more. Yeah. There won't be more seeing. There's always been that uh, awareness, but you'll be seeing more. And a lot of that you'll see is Paul or ideas of Paul. And you can bring that to step six and seven and really get Paul recycled. Yeah, he can. He could put it in the chute and see what happens with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In my case, the uh, Paul as the policeman got turned into Paul, a sat Paul as a satire of a policeman. It's like a comedic show now, not like the Untouchables. It's like a comedic show. It's funny. It's funny how serious the head is. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that person didn't recognize who I am. He just came right over, cross, you know, cut me off. How dare he? <laughs> that used to motivate you to turn off at the next exit and follow the guy in the car for a while. End up getting arrested that day. Instead, it's just fucking you laughing in the car. <laughs> I mean, which way do you want to go? <laughs> I'll show him and then you're in jail. Yeah, you really showed him. <laughs> uh, so if it wasn't so serious, when taken seriously, it would be super funny when you don't take it seriously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I joke a lot about getting run over twice by the same car. It's funny in a lot of ways to me now. It wasn't then, but obviously, but in over time, it, it's just hilarious. I was safely at home. The head got agitated, started to tell me I miss. I was missing a big party that actually hadn't started or didn't never occurred. And then got back in my car in this freezing cold night and met a Chevy Monte Carlo <laughs> instead of a girl and never even made it to the bar. Though I found out later, there was still no one there. <laughs> so, I mean, to me, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so.
I really hope it works for you, man. Just try it. If you start seeing resentments as resentments, you'll travel lighter through resentments. You're gonna, resentments are going to arise. Yeah, yeah. The point is, is traveling lighter through them. Yeah, and you're not gonna travel lighter if you walk around with resentments called yours. <laughs> you're just not. My resentments can become like a generational vendetta that you pass on like the Clampets and shit story, yeah? Resentment, you just do the fucking inventory. See, hey, wait a minute. That's a manifestation of self in my life. Yeah, and bring it to step six and seven, have it changed, and you'll start seeing less and less things as threats. And so the cause of the resentment, which is misperception, won't trigger, and you won't have a resentment. Yeah, you won't, you know? Something may pass through you in like 30 seconds, but you, you don't have a three-year prison sentence. You, know? you don't have, you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have a black eye. You don't, none of that, none of that has occurred because you didn't give life to the resentment, calling it yours. Yeah. You kept the life in here. You didn't, but life stayed with you. And that life is going to enrich your life instead of enslave your life to fucking a lot of consequences based on a decision made from self. Yeah. It says it right in our book. We make a decision based on self and it sets off trains of circumstances that bring us misfortune. We feel we don't deserve. Isn't that, that's a huge uh, theme of our story, isn't it? You know, and a lot of the shit you did was against your own agenda. You don't, you love the woman that you just told you hate her and get the fuck out. You love being with her and shit like that. It goes com com completely contrary to what your agenda is. Yeah. Haven't you done that? You don't want to leave, but you have to make a big statement. I, I'm going to leave. You don't want to fucking leave. You don't have anywhere else to go. I'm going. You know, it's just insane. It's just like, you know, with your big, you know, you're trying to save your face instead of your ass. Your ass likes being at that place with the gal. But my face, no. It's just like, have you lived for your face? Yes. Yeah. Did it, did it really work out that well? No. Yeah. What is the face? What is that pride itself? Self is what has defeated us. Through many forms of manifestation, we're going to look at the common ones. Just do an inventory with that attitude. These, the common ones are resentment, fear, mostly anxiety, really, and harming other people in the pursuit of what you want. That's a habit that I'm in. Yeah, you can stop calling them your habits because they're the habits of self. And self has defeated you by those habits. Yeah. If, you, if you're getting a lot of freedom by calling them yours, keep on. Keep writing that way. But to me, it ran into a stone wall at a point. I saw it as another form of bondage of self. Now I have a managed resentment instead of an unmanageable resentment. But I'm still stuck with the resentment as mine. Yeah, that to me isn't traveling lighter. So, yep.
Anyone else, Gary? Thank you, Paul. Hey, yeah, thank you. Um, uh, I just want to say, I want to share something um, that I just thought of when you were talking about self. There was a time when I was, you know, out there getting high and drinking and uh, I had uh, my grandmother's sister's husband, Lewis Hall, he was rich. And we always had Thanksgiving over there. And I remember like, I would show up like, I remember one time I didn't have socks, right? So he brings me in, he puts me socks, but you know, during the whole dinner, I'd go down and play ping pong. I was actually just going down there and smoking pot, you know, doing one hitters in between. I was, and then I cleaned up and what he said to me, and it made me feel good at the time, um, my self-confidence had come back and it's just a word, but I guess confidence came back, right? When I quit, uh, quit drinking and uh, using, but it's, it's labeled as self-confidence. Uh, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So that was cool. I liked that. I felt I had socks and everything and I was dressed. I mean, I was like, I was out there for a while. I mean, my, they didn't want to bring me anywhere. They'd take ski trips and shit. I wouldn't be invited. I was like fucking homeless in LA, you know? And uh, no, I was kind of like, I was totally the black sheep. And um, I was really pissed off at uh, everyone, basically my parents, even though they gave me everything, they, uh, they ran into somebody who knew tough love. And mother that mofo taught him tough love and next thing you know i'm freaking like on the streets of los angeles with nothing i mean nothing like sleeping on the sidewalk having people go through your pockets and i'm like i'm sleeping on the sidewalk do you think i got anything in my pockets i mean really um mm. so the self i don't know i can't remember what, what i felt other than anger and then, uh, you know, the AA program, though, I mean, the surrender, I mean, I'm a very slow, slow learner. And uh, it takes, it took a lot for me just to look at, uh, look at the self and then realize that that's, that I really, I wasn't in control then and I'm not in control now. But the nice thing is, is that I'm beginning to see it. And, uh, you know, my life got way better, you know, a lot better when I quit drinking and getting high. And, uh, you know, uh, I like telling your stories remind me of some of mine, like the getting run over. I'm 16 years old and I have I, I work for my dad. He owned a business and I worked hard and I bought this motorcycle. I'm 16, I, you know, and I still had to go to church, you know, and. So my mom says, you got to go to church. So I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm going to church. I get on my motorcycle. I go out in the country and, and, and get high. And then uh, fucking got ran over by a car going 55 miles an hour. I pulled right out in front of them and, and broke my leg. And, and then uh, my mom was a nurse. So the, the guy dropped me off at home and I hop in on one leg because I think I was in shock, but I hop in on one leg and I just say, mom, I skipped church and I got ran over. And so they brought me to the hospital and they 
they couldn't operate. It was in my growth plate on my left ankle. And so they had to drive me to Billings, Montana, 150 miles. And at the time they gave my mom just a handful of syringes of uh, Demerol. So that's the first time I tasted Demerol at 16. And I was like, God, I've, I was like, float, you know, I don't want to do all this euphoric ref- recall, but I really liked it. And, you know, on the trip, I kept saying, I need, you know, I need another shot. I need another shot. And, uh, wow, where am I going with this story? Um, basically, I had to go through a lot. I think I'm appreciative now. And, uh, you know, hearing this message, um, you know, I read all the books for years, for years, for 20 years when I was married uh, to a beautiful woman named Belinda. You know, I was just obsessed with reading books. That's all I did was read books, listen. And then one day she's like, this is after about 20 years, she goes, Carrie, you know, you, you read all these books and you do all this stuff and uh, you haven't changed one bit. <laughs> and that just like totally cracked me up, you know, because really, yeah, I don't, what, who's, yeah, I didn't change anyways. Uh, that's enough sharing from me. Uh, but I do want to thank Mr. Uh, Mr. Hederman, Paul, uh, for being consistent. Uh, I know I needed it, still need it. I like coming to these meetings now. It kind of cracks me up most times, uh, depending on the mood I'm in. But um, yeah, I, I and I like AA, which is a trip. I hated freaking AA. I hated, I mean, I I couldn't stand it, but I, I felt like I was forced to go. Like I'd, I'd go in front of the judge and, oh man, he's like, anyways. I like AA a lot better. And uh, I like this message, listening to a lot of people, Paul, when I heard you, uh, that you were an addict and that you went on this spiritual quest. I mean, I was just like, like for three or four years, I didn't, like you said, it was going, it probably still is going over my head, but it was really going over my head in the beginning, but I couldn't stop listening, you know? And, uh, and now, I mean, I feel like I don't have to listen to it, but I like listening to it. So that's why I show up. And uh, with that, oh, someone's got their hand up. Cool. Go ahead. Whoever's hands up. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Or good evening. Good afternoon. Um, Corey, alcoholic. Um, I have a question. In regards to the resentment inventory, um, can you just give me like an example instead of putting like my husband or my daughter or like, how would you do that? No, 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 no. You can put my husband or my daughter, just don't put it my resentment. I don't get it. (laughs) You don't, all right. Well, let's just look at, you have daughter. Yeah, let's say, and then my daughter. Doesn't it change the meaning of daughter? Yes. Husband, my husband. Doesn't the my change the meaning of a husband? Yes. Money, my money. Yes. So so you would still put the person's name in the resentment? Yes. Okay. 
What we're trying to capture is the is the the transfer of meaning. So resentment, my resentment, completely different. Let's say money. I want everyone here to have a lot of money, but I don't want any of you to have any of my money. Yeah. So the my changed the meaning of money, doesn't it? Right. So the my changes the meaning of resentment. It gives life to the resentment. We breathe life into the resentment by calling it my resentment. Yeah. We breathe meaning to, into money by calling it my money. When there's children, there's going to be a different attention to the my child. Yeah. My gives meaning to things. Yeah. Now we're giving meaning to husband, this and that. That's all great. But the meaning that's been given to resentment is giving life to the resentment to affect us. Yeah. So now you have the resentment, my, and now the resentment has you. Yeah. So you're walking around with tons of resentments that you're, you're actually giving life to by calling them yours. They would have died on the vine already. Yeah. Something happens. It's usually forgotten in 20 minutes or something like that. You put my in front of it. You go over it, over it, over it, over it, and you feed it and you give attention and interest to it. It becomes part of the bondage of self. Yeah. This is the importance of it. So put my wife, wife, I don't care. I'm talking about the manifestations of self in the inventory, resentment, fear. So instead of, all right, my wife, my job, my career, fear, not my fear. Resentment, not my resentment. Yeah. And then after a while, you'll see this whole idea of my this, my that is pretty damn loose in a certain sense. But so much meaning has transferred from whatever you are through this idea of my to that which comes after. Yeah. So you see it. You own a resentment, it owns you. You own a thought. Let's say thoughts are happening. This is my thought. Usually a thought that can ruin your day is accompanied with the word my. It's just that simple. You're a source of power. I'm a source of power. That power is being directed. And most of the time, it's being directed by the mental state. And we're suffering the consequences of the meaning given to everything in this life from us through the mental state. Yeah. This is what I see. So wife, you don't have to say my wife, wife, daughter. It's obviously, yeah. You're not going over someone else's daughter in Somalia with the inventory. Yeah, you can just say daughter, wife. But we want to see the same treatment for resentment, fear, and harms done to others. Why are we walking around claiming the manifestations of self when those manifestations is how self has defeated us? It's just mind-boggling to me. It's mind-boggling. We're walking around unbeknownst to us relying on that which has defeated us by being identified with its manifestations. It just blows my mind, truly, truly, yeah. Once you see it, it will start blowing your mind. It will. And I believe if you show up here, you're going to see it sooner or later. Yeah.
And it's going to blow your mind. It is. It's going to blow your mind that these things, that you have a story <laughs> that you would have done anything to get out of, you've been feeding in the cellar for 30 years. Yeah? Mm. Yeah, and then tell the truth, finally. Tell the truth, actually, what's going on. I don't mean I moved this from the counter to the stove. I'm talking about how things are living in a subjective experience. What is the role we're in? We're giving everything the meaning it has. That's a pretty damn big role. Wouldn't it be behoove us to have some kind of understanding or knowledge about that role? Because it's throwing a lot of weight around. It is. It's going to set off consequences that are probably going to bring you misfortune and you're going to have an attitude that you don't feel like you deserve it. Yeah. And this shit's going to eat you up. Just That's why it says resentment is the number one offender because people dwell on it. The mental state dwells on it and then causes reactions. And maybe you take out the resentment on someone who had nothing to do with the fucking situation that brought about the resentment like your significant other, because we're cowards and we won't do it to a fucking stranger. So you take out your insane fucking grief and shit, grievance on them, which they have absolutely no position of deserving it. Yes? Yes, yes. Like it or not, you throw a lot of power around and something is directing that power, and you're suffering the consequences or enjoying the consequences of what's directing that power. To me, there is a better way. Instead of trusting finite self to direct that power, which most of us have been, we're trusting the infinite to direct that power. And then just tell the truth about the fruit and you'll recognize the tree. Yeah? This isn't rocket science. It's about you, you'll feel different. You'll live different. You'll travel lighter. Yeah. Yeah. Simple word, my, has a lot of connotation, really, a huge amount. Because this is a subjective experience. Don't you get this? We get it? It's subjective. The way you seem to be is how you see things right now. Yeah. You don't see anything. You see them how you see them. You give it the meaning. The car does not have a meaning of being a car. It doesn't. You do. You give it the meaning. We give everything all the meaning it has. What? Look at your life. That which has been directing that event, has it done well? I don't feel it headed. I did not feel like I was managerial quality. Yeah, so that's how I would do the inventory. Husband, wife, you don't have to have the word my, and please don't have the feeling that the resentments are yours. Read page 62, third paragraph, being convinced self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. I believe we are the us and there's something called self, which is foreign to us. Yeah. If you're, if you are convinced of that, we are now going to look at it's meaning self's common manifestations. The next paragraph is resentment. So we are doing an inventory on the manifestations of self in our life with the hopes that we will get our life back 
instead of living an interpretation of our life from the point of view of self. It's just that simple, yeah? We can't do it on our own, so we ask this higher power to do it for us, to help us. And we make a commitment, a day at a time, to follow these simple designs for living and principles to the best of our ability, and that process will happen. We will lose interest in self, and we will gain interest in living. And we will be directed by the high, higher power more than we're directed by self. It's that simple, yeah? And our life will show the difference. And you'll come to a conclusion based on the fruit of that tree, yeah? I've been sober now 35 years. I mean, I... <laughs> The only rotten apples in that bunch has because I didn't put it to use, basically. Everything has been quite valuable in this experience. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's how I would see it. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, Paul. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, first of all, I really, want to thank you for this approach because i've been owning all of this in and out of aa since i don't know the mid 80s and you've just presented this in such a different way where relinquishing ownership and listening to like ramana maharshi meditations about the i am and what i saw was i always had this caravan of self and it all started at step three where they break down the director, the producer. And I saw that I just couldn't get out of the idea that that was me and, and claiming ownership for all of this. So it became a self-help program based on me thinking that I owned this shit, man. And the programming that came from that, I mean, I've been listening to you for a minute now and Kurt, I'm good friends with, the reset or excuse me the default to that is really painful sometimes obviously even seeing that but you know i just i just keep looking at that as i am trying to take ownership of delusion i'm trying to take ownership of things that don't don't exist and you said yes. like a couple of times i've heard you say <laughs> resentments can my resentments some of them were 40 years old and the problem was I keep I kept writing them and writing them. And how can I relinquish ownership when I constantly say mine? Oh, I have to make my amends. Um, I'm working the worst one. I'm working on my character defects. It's like, good luck, right? Yes. So this approach, dude, has been amazing. The other thing is this whole idea of this spiritual malady. Another thing that I read in the book that I truly believe it says it's sick in spirit, all of that. This idea that now that it's never been an, an idea, it's the fucking truth. I don't have a spirit. The spirit is perfect, man. It's the mental anxiety and playing God that has been blocking me from the realm of the spirit. Dude, I'm so grateful for you, man. You've really brought an understanding and a shift and it's going to take a minute. I will keep listening to these. I'll keep going to these. I'll be writing resentment in a whole different way. I'll be looking at character defects in a whole different way. And I'll be looking at them. Like I'm moving towards looking at them and not owning them. And 
you presenting this as a separate entity has helped me to see it's just like a really shitty neighbor that's living in my head that is constantly throwing pamphlets, images, and ideas to me. And I just occasionally pick one of those up and really study it. And I go with it and it becomes a belief system. So for you to, I don't know, you just helped me shatter some shit that, that fucking has been dominating me for so long. Oh, the other thing that I came to, this was a couple of years ago. I was taking ownership of being a chronic relapser. And then I had a sponsor present to me. This was before I really did this work. He's like, well, have you ever even recovered from this hopeless state of mind and body? And you know, you know, an alcoholic's lying and we're like, well, it's the middle. It's not the yes or the no. And he's like, you haven't. So if you've never recovered, you've never relapsed. You just keep getting loaded and you're stuck. And I just, that blew me away because I hated AA for so many reasons, but I had never done it wholeheartedly and didn't have that spiritual awakening as a result of the steps. So that's something that also came to fruition for me is there's not chronic relapsing, there's chronic selfing, I guess, right? But I, I appreciate you, dude, at a really deep level, man. Thank you. Well, welcome. Thank you for the share. And, you know, if you could put words in what I would hope to see from doing all this, that would be a pretty good description of it. But it's very, I, it's a, it stays very vague now. But that, that's, uh, yeah. It's happened with me. That's what, that's why we're here. Or I'm here. We're about seven years sober. I had that effect. Uh, fundamental shift of seeing the word self as something foreign, representing something foreign to me. And that opened up a possibility of being free from it, because I was trying to be free as it, obviously, for most of my life without knowing it. Yeah. And uh, once that was cleared up, uh, and it's, it has stayed clear ever since, uh, that's what motivated me to all with all this is I don't feel like if you don't see this, you're going to be looking from its effect. So uh, you're going to be trying to get out of self as self. You're not, but the head will be engaged in that and you'll just be a, a you just go, you'll just be going along with that experience. And I've had enough of that experience, tell you the truth. And, it's nice to experience life in a lot of uh, a completely different way. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. All right. Thanks. Uh, Erica, go for it. Erica. You're muted. Yeah, Erica, you're muted. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hi, everybody. This is my second time on this meeting. My friend Christine introduced it to me. Um, because I do struggle with AA. And um, my main question I want to ask, and it's kind of related to the topic, but not, but I've been contemplating on like this whole, like, my mind's telling me something, but my spirit's telling me something else. And how do I, how do I wrangle that? You know what I mean? Well, this is what AA does, or this way of life, 
if you find another way of life that does the same thing far out but for many of us this is the way it's worked out which is like the old native indian thing where you have the two wolves and the one that's going to get stronger is the one that you feed yeah right mm -hmm. and so obviously you're in the habit of feeding the other one yes and so we admit that and then we start taking new suggestions that aren't our suggestions and and we find they work and then that wolf that we wanted to feed gets most of the food yeah and therefore that silent direction from spirit will get louder for you and then that loud direction from the head will get less loud yeah yeah basically you just have to feed the right one well and admit you've been feeding the wrong one let's say i don't like right or wrong but as the imagery you know it's like yes so you you've got to admit you're not able to do you're not able to feed the right one mm -mm. and then you now yeah. you start doing other stuff and it brings about that ability of the right one getting fed yes that's why many of us need a way of life because the habit of feeding the wrong wolf is strong and we can't seem to break it so we take we live a certain way of life that produces the effect that we so wish for that we can't do which is feeding the right wolf yeah yeah have you heard that song from nako the two wolves nako medicine for the people no i haven't you have not oh that it speaks to everything you're saying there's two wolves and which one will you feed yeah well there you go it's a nice imagery um you can see the two wolves as self and then the infinite, which is what we say. Perhaps there's a better way, trusting uh, the infinite rather than finite self, or you could say feeding the infinite and not feeding finite self. You finite can self. Right, I understand yeah. that. So basically, yeah. there's a yeah. as for the action figure that it's a binary direction it's either one way or the other way as jesus said you can't serve two masters at the same time mm -hmm. so this is basically what happens so we admit we tell the truth about how fucked we are yeah yeah and the dilemma of powerlessness we would like it to be different but it's not yeah so we would yeah. like it to be different but we can't yep. accomplish that so we admit that powerlessness and then we do what we're told to do or suggested to do in recovery and that those wishes get uh, fulfilled yeah, without us right. not following our logic because the logic is part of the problem. Yes, the problem is <laughs> Absolutely. And the mental logic is of the mind's problem. Yeah, so right. basically, yeah. So this is, and you can see it, you know, if you've ever been, out of at a meeting before the meeting and somebody's new and they're got your ear and they've telling you for 15 minutes you know they've taken my kids away i got a court date a da 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 no place to live and it's like yeah you're completely fucked and then they go what well, what should i do and you go go to a meeting that does not make sense to that mental logic that had that whole story it doesn't they it's think they have fucking things that they've got to deal with directly but how we deal with shit is indirectly. Yeah. 
we go to the meeting. And guess what? If you keep going to the meeting, those other shit things usually work out. I've seen it happen thousands of times. The people <laughs> who went, went out and tried to get that money, fucking it doesn't work for them. They're still got mm -hmm. the elephant in the room and they're fucking getting loaded. But the person who, who goes that other way, that goes contrary to that mental logic, they go to the meeting. If they keep doing that, I bet you things are going to get better for most people. Yes. So contrary to the normal logic. Yes, the normal logic is insane. Powerful phrase. It's insane. It is. So, yeah. And this AA, if you're a real addict and a real alcoholic, I'm not in any position to, to diagnose anybody. But if you are a real addict and a real alcoholic, you're, you're, it's not like, uh, it's not like, oh, I'm going to try a way of life. You need a way of life <laughs> because. Right. The old habit is going to throw, you know, show its ugly head, probably, and you're going to feed the old fucking wolf, let's say. Right. So this is a way of life. So that habit gets corrected. And now you're in the habit of being sober. Yeah. So instead of the habit of following what your head says all the time. Yeah. And for some of us, we need a way of life and we need a way of life to express and be a, be, and to really, uh, which is desperately needed the, the opportunities to be of service. Yeah. Because the habit that we're in is a very small orbit around this idea of Paul. And we, and our interest and attention is sort of stuck in that orbit. It needs to be pulled out into mm -hmm. life and service is I, to me is the way it happens for most of us. We get the attention and interest being absorbed in us gets pulled out. Taken out. We feel available and present. And it's just, yeah, we get some we get some examples of how it actually could be through service. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's how I see it. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Oh, welcome. I'll have to listen to that song, Narco. Narco song. It's um yes, I will. If it's okay, I'll put it in the chat. Yeah, put it in the chat, sure. But that's an uh, old Native American Indian thing. Yes. It. Well, he is. Have you? If you've never heard of Naco and Medicine for the People, he has. He has a lot of really um, amazing oh, songs that bring the spirit up. Yeah, bring the spirit up. Bring it on. Yeah, put it in the chat. Okay, let's see if I can find it. <laughs> but I will. Okay, no, I thank you so much. Shit. I used to be scared shit of narcos. <laughs> oh, narcos. Oh, no. No, it's not oh, narco. I didn't want to run into a narco at, at, at all. It's narco. N-A-H-K-O. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You see different. what it always brings me back to? Those old yeah. Those aberrations narco oh yeah i bet i bet yeah all right thank you thank you very much all right carrie all you... right i thought i saw a hand up but i don't see any right now did someone who wants to go next well we can call it call it a day also 
I just want to say one thing, um, alcoholic Giselle, spiritual seeker. Thank you, Paul. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, I just want to say to, to Carrie, and then there was someone else that shared, you know, all your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs about everything you did in your life, I can relate to, you know, I mean, that's, that's what we have in common. That's right, Paul. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's all I had to say. I just, you know. One thing Kerry was saying, yeah, esteem doesn't necessarily imply self-esteem. Esteem is necessary for the action figure who has been beaten down so badly. It needs it for the action figure to get close to the surface. Yeah. That thing has been drowned where you don't trust yourself as far as you can throw yourself. Yeah, this idea of right action is going to lead to right thought is necessary. That's the first steps in this dance of recovery. You don't go into the spiritual realm through the mental realm. You walk in it with your feet, so to speak. Yes. So this idea of a sense of belonging is necessary. It's helpful for action figures. It doesn't have to be called your self your well-being but the action figure that's a necessary for many of us it's necessary to have a sense of purpose to feel connected to be part of a community it brings out the best in the action figure the idea that it's you uh the head will obviously claim it all but that what the head claims does not make it so yeah so do some right actions and you're going to get some esteem and that esteem is going to probably make you happier to go to your next meeting of AA and so on and so forth. So this, this program has two fountains. It feeds the action figure. Yeah. And it irrigates everything else with the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like starve the action figure and feed the spirit. No. The action figure needs certain things. It's nice if it has a shelter, yeah, and it has food, and it has some health and stuff like that, yes? So this idea, well, that, is that self? No, it isn't self. There's never been a self. It's an idea, yeah? The idea gets attached to things, and then there's a meaning given to those things from that idea. Mm -hmm. The esteem is necessary. Yeah. If you feel like shit, do something for someone. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I have a friend, Don Majors. Um, I don't know if you know him, um, but anyway, um, he says you can't fix your mind with your mind. You have to fix it with your feet. Yes. Yes. And it's not even you're not going to fix it. You're going to allow. Yes. Something right. to fix it. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. We know very well that. <laughs> I hopefully you've gotten that in some level you're not managerial quality. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. 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 I know that big time now. <laughs> yeah. So it's a it seemed it's was very important in this case to understand that. Very. Yeah. Yeah. So all right. Thank you, Giselle. And let's say goodbye, eh, Kerry? Yeah, just uh Paul, you got another talk today, yeah? Yes, we have another talk at, uh, thank you, I forgot that.
We have another talk at 4.30 Western time uh, on another topic, but whatever, whatever comes out and uh, called uh, non-duality. So there's, yep, at 4.30 Western Pacific time, we'll be there. Yeah, okay. and then anytime you run, if you are used to having a meeting be at a certain time and it's not up on the website, use whatever is on the website, it's the same Zoom, and then see if we're having the meeting. Because sometimes the website uh, erases some of the days, you know, the uh, description of the day's events. So yeah, any any meeting on the Zen Bitch Slap thing is gonna take you to the same Zoom. Yeah, same, has the same Zoom number, whatever. Yeah? Yeah. All right, Kerry, thank you so much for your service today. and. It's always a pleasure to see you guys. Erica, thank you. We got Michael Stacy, the man thank behind you. The Yep. We got Daz. Nice, nice to see you, Daz. Is this your first time here, Daz? Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, welcome. Nice to see you. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Welcome. Mickey, as always, the matriarch of Madeira. We got Kathy in Cleveland. Thank you, Kathy. She's absorbing it all. Jessica, England. Yes, I thought she was Scottish, but I uh, I was corrected. Yes, nice to see you, Jessica. She's on fire. Mia down in uh, San Diego area. There she is. I know her plans are pointing north. Giselle in Las Vegas. Joseph C. As always, France. Sally, nice to see you in the UK. Walter, trucking around in his room in Amsterdam. Alex and Jacob. Yeah, I'll be over there, bro. We'll talk before. James Lebowski. John S., Florida. Is this Connie, nice to see you. I think it was Corey or Connie. Nice, thanks for your share. In your question, Chris in Boston, Jay in Cal in Toronto, I think Roman is in Germany. I'll be seeing him soon. We got Warren in Nevada. Uh -huh. Mike M in my I think he's in Massachusetts. Dana, Dana was Zoom user, and then she was revealed as Dana. Nice to see you, Dana. Kaiser, Minnesota. Uh, let's see, I've got Jay, Kathleen M, nice to see Kathleen, Christine in Kona, Grateful Dave, Jane G in Mill Valley, uh, Nicholas, Maria in Toronto, nice to see you, Maria, Oliver in Berlin, always a pleasure to see Oliver. If I missed you, I apologize, I hope to see you soon. Remember rule 62, don't take yourself so seriously. Adios. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks, Paul.